0: Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about high stakes meetings. Charlotte had been the president of a consumer goods company for just over a year. Her appointment had been a surprise because she had no prior experience in the consumer goods sector. Once installed, she ruffled feathers by being relentless about revenue and tough on people. In the 16 months she'd been in place, longtime executives had resigned, and junior people were polishing their resumes. I'd had a ringside seat through all of it. For the previous six years, I'd been coaching at the company and had built deep relationships in several business units. Those past clients were calling me now. They didn't want coaching. They wanted to vent. The conversations became familiar. First, with moral outrage, the person would tell tales of Charlotte's transgressions. Then, shifting to grief, they would bemoan the death of their beloved collegial culture. I listened patiently, but to be honest, I wasn't terribly sympathetic. I said, the company's not better or worse than before. It's just different. It's a new company now. If you don't like it, you don't have to stay but you might just be reacting to change. Then, grudgingly, they would tell me something Charlotte had done that was actually helping the company, but always the conversation would circle back to a sense of loss about a workplace that had once felt warm, friendly, and family-like, but now was becoming competitive, lean, and fierce. I held my tongue, but secretly I had all the same feelings I had suffered the consequences of Charlotte's arrival myself. Normally, I coached three to five people a year at the company. Since she'd shown up, I'd coached none. Zero. Privately, in the mirror, I told myself what I was telling others. Charlotte was entitled to run her business the way she wanted, even if that meant coaching was swept away as one of the outgrown practices. But secretly, I missed that old company, too then one day i received an email from charlotte herself she had heard i had done great work at the company she wrote and she would appreciate it if i would contact her assistant who was copied of course and schedule an hour on her calendar after reading the email a second time i laughed and gave the air a little jab out loud i said game on, I recalled one of my first big jobs when I had been a new consultant. It was for a major software company in Silicon Valley. One of the vice presidents had wanted my help grooming his people to go in front of Christopher. The VP spoke the name Christopher with trembling awe. Christopher was the executive vice president of one of the divisions. He had surrounded himself with fellow Stanford graduates, and he let everyone know he didn't brook any fools. If you were going to present in front of Christopher and his cadre, you had to be playing your A game. Over several years, I prepped many teams and individuals to get their A game on. I was impressed by how seriously people took the task. The ordeal of presenting to Christopher became a rite of passage. What had been a dreaded trial became a sought-after challenge. People who did well in front of Christopher became sharper, as if forged in a crucible. As people prepped, a pattern emerged for how to succeed in those high-stakes meetings. Three actions seemed essential. Number one, clarify the story. Number two, do your homework. And number three, Manage yourself. I felt certain that same three-step formula would make me ready to face Charlotte. Game on indeed. Step number one was to clarify the story. I had a great story to tell Charlotte about my work at her company. For six years, I'd worked closely with leaders and gotten some great results. Most of the people I had coached had expanded their scope and been promoted. Plus, I had become a trusted advisor, providing real-time assistance long past the end of the coaching engagements. I'd also delivered work that was related to the coaching—team retreats, trainings, and facilitating small groups. Participants had valued their time with me, and they could cite how they had applied what they'd learned. It was a great story. But how was I going to clarify it for Charlotte? Charlotte? To me, the details of all that work were what made the story rich and textured. But I knew that Charlotte was going to fly too high and too fast to catch the details. For her, I had to render a high-altitude snapshot. Creating that snapshot in sharp relief, I knew, is what it means to clarify the story. Luckily, I had time. Charlotte's calendar was full. I wasn't going to meet with her for a month. I set about creating a report for Charlotte that would tell the story. I roughed out three pages, one for each arm of my work at the company, coaching, facilitating, and training. I knew that later I would preface those three pages with an overview page, and I would close them with pages about our clients and my bio. But those middle three pages held the heart of the story, and I wanted them to be crystal clear. Once I had a polished draft, I shared those three pages with some of my trusted advisors, including one of my contacts at the company who knew all about presenting in front of Charlotte. I got great feedback. Turn your bullet points into charts was one helpful piece of advice. Cut half your words was another. Condense three pages to two was yet another. I laughed because I tell people the same things all the time. Sound more executive, simplify, look from a higher elevation. It's a snapshot, not a blog. I reminded myself, don't fall in love with all your details. They're meaningful to you, but not to her. Editing and condensing Clarifies the story, like reducing a soup or a sauce, boiling away thinner elements makes the ones that remain more intense and flavorful. It's hard but rewarding work. Clarify the story. Step two was to do my homework. To me, my homework was clear and obvious. Find out about Charlotte. How did she like her information? What interested her? What did she already know about me? How did she feel about coaching? Many people at the company were happy to help me do my homework. One person told me she asks questions like a machine gun, but she's not mean. She's just so damn smart, and her mind moves so fast. Another told me if something interests her, she'll dig down on it. She's a good detective. A third said she is biased as hell. She admits it, but if she doesn't like something, you may as well pack up and leave. A female executive said, I like her. Within her own playbook, she's fair. It's just none of us liked her rules at first, but I like her. A portrait was forming. Now, I had to remind myself that the portrait was being painted by other people's filters. I might experience Charlotte quite differently, but I was already feeling more prepared. I did more homework with my mastermind group, a handful of experienced coaches who've been meeting together twice a month for years. With each other, we are challenging thought partners and generous mentors. Since none of them knew Charlotte, they gave me different homework. One asked, what would be a good outcome of the meeting? Another asked, how much do you want to be in tell mode and how much do you want to be in listen mode? Asked another, if she wants examples, What stories are you going to tell? And then someone wondered, how much is confidentiality an issue? Another asked, why did she ask for the meeting in the first place? I might have thought of all those questions on my own, but receiving them all at once from my colleagues was such a gift. My homework would have been incomplete without answering those questions. Then one of my mastermind friends asked, How are you feeling about all this, Tom? I gave an adrenalized laugh and said, bring it on. Because they're coaches, they assumed there were more emotions at play than just my bring-it-on confidence. They challenged me and asked, no, really, how are you? Suddenly we were talking about the third step in preparing for high-stakes meetings, managing yourself. I said, I have no fear about her. People at her level used to intimidate me, but not anymore. I know how to assume equality. I had been talking about the concept I call assume equality since my days as an actor in the 1980s and 90s. Continuing to challenge me, someone said, come on, you must feel pissed towards her. Because of her, you lost a big chunk of income. That was true. In the back corners of my mind, Charlotte loomed as an adversary to be overcome. I had stories in my head that made her a villain and me a victim. I knew that in order to manage myself, I'd have to closely monitor the narrative I had in my head about Charlotte and consciously choose stories that would empower me. Then someone asked, what do you want to know from her? That triggered a flood of questions in my head. What did she think about coaching? How did she imagine coaching could help her company? Had she been coached herself? What did she value in her leaders? Suddenly, I had a way to enter the room that made me feel expert. Be curious. I knew how to enter a room with curiosity. For a coach, that's a fundamental requirement. A small fist in my gut that I hadn't even known was there suddenly softened. Now, I knew how to manage myself in this high-stakes setting. Be curious. I smiled. I felt certain the three steps, clarify the story, do your homework, manage yourself, would allow me to meet Charlotte and model the look and sound of leadership. The goal of this episode has been to give you tools to help you succeed in those meetings when you feel there's a lot at stake. Over and over in my coaching, clients will tell me about an upcoming meeting. They're confident in their content, but not confident in themselves. After I walk them through the three steps I've described here, they inevitably feel transformed. The ideas in step one, step one being clarify the story, those ideas are ones that I've spoken about in other episodes. To name four, sounding executive, communicating with clarity, executive presenting, and the mother of all communication tools, sorting and labeling. If you don't know how to find past episodes, I'll tell you how in a minute. As I said in this episode, condensing and editing is hard work. It's not going to happen unless you force yourself to do it. Once you've done it, have other people look at your content. The questions you hear from those other people will tell you if you're at the right altitude or not. The second step, do your homework, is going to be different for everybody. Sometimes it'll mean getting information from another department. Sometimes it'll mean researching data. Sometimes it'll mean talking to people who've gone before you. I think most people actually know what homework would benefit them. The struggle is finding time. It takes time to do homework. And most of us are trying to accomplish too much with not enough resources. So we think, oh, it'll be okay. I'll let the homework slide. But I promise you, doing your homework will make you feel much more confident. And that brings us to the final step, managing yourself. I talked about several concepts during this episode. One was assume equality. That's a great episode to listen to, assume equality. Another idea was about feeling like a victim. An episode that addresses that is called status. Another concept was about choosing which stories you listen to. An episode about that is called choosing stories over truth. And finally, my solution for managing myself was to approach Charlotte with curiosity. I want to be clear. I am not suggesting that will be the answer for you. Your solution might be to be expert or to be humble, or to act as if you've been doing this for years. Two episodes that might give you some ideas about this are Personal Branding and Project the Image You Want. So how do you find all these past episodes? Go to the Essential Communications website, essentialcom.com. That's essentialcom with two M's.com, Then select Coaching Tips from the menu. That'll take you into the archive that has over 10 years' worth of executive coaching tips. You can use the search bar to enter the name of the episode you're looking for, or you can select a whole category of tips. For example, assertiveness, or executive presence, or managing yourself, or presentation skills. The archive is free, and it's there for you to use. Please help yourself. So this month's episode was all about preparing for that high-stakes meeting with Charlotte. Well, next month's episode will be about what happened when I was finally in the room face-to-face with her. Between now and then, take a minute, leave us a review in the iTunes store. If you get value from these podcasts, a wonderful, meaningful way to show your gratitude is to leave a review. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel.